you for your turkey day together. Uh, hopefully it was a time of, um, what, did, uh, what, did, what did Larry Owens say? It, it starts as dressing and then becomes stuffing, you know, the more, the more that you put in. But hopefully you were able to, to stuff yourselves with some wonderful Thanksgiving food and, and uh, you had some time to, to spend with family and friends. We were blessed to have some family and some friends in our home. And uh, we really enjoy just uh, taking some time to be thankful and just uh, to say thank you to God for what he's done in our lives and in our families, certainly in our church community. And this morning, coming off of Thanksgiving, uh, we want to begin to turn our attention uh, to what God is desiring to do in our lives and through our lives in this, in this Christmas season. You know, just a, a couple quick points of information, just a reminder of our Lafayette uh, Christmas tree that is out in the lobby. We'd love to a- ask you to, to grab one of those little tags and take that with you uh, as we purchase gifts to bless some of our families from Lafayette. And then again, uh, just take a look at our calendar for some of the Christmas events that are coming up this month. It is uh, jam-packed December uh, as we turn our attention to Christmas. But I'm excited as we come into the Christmas season. Um, I'm excited because it represents so many things for so many people. And this December, this Christmas season, we want to kick off a new, new series entitled Searching for Christmas. And really the, the goal is to pull back a little bit from the noise and the craziness of the season to really understand what's important. Because we, we tend to get it wrong a lot of the time. As we come into Christmas, our priorities get a little bit crazy. And I'm not just talking about you know, getting focused on gift giving and all this other stuff. But the reality is that this time of year there is plenty to keep us occupied. There's plenty to keep us distracted from the real reason of the season. And oftentimes it's the pursuit of the, the perfect gift. And as parents, you know, as, as, as some of us who have had to gift give or, or perhaps you're looking for the, the perfect gift for your spouse or for a friend or for a, a family member, we, we know the stress all too well that this season brings. And it was like this father I heard of that was asked his little boy what he wanted for Christmas and the, the boy replied, I, I, I want a, a baby sister. And as it turned out, the, the, the wife of the, of the husband was pregnant and she ended up de- delivering on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Day, she brought home a brand new baby sister for their son. Beautiful. The next year, though, the, the father asked his little boy what he wanted for Christmas that year. And the boy said, if, if it wouldn't make mommy too uncomfortable, I'd like a pony. You know, and it, Christmas can be that way. You know, we, we kind of get our eyes set on something and, and we hope for all the right gifts. And as people, we naturally want to be the, the perfect gift givers. But it sometimes takes our focus off of what's really important. I have to stop here and just take a quick neighborhood church poll because I'm just curious. I know there's a number of you that just just cannot wait for Thanksgiving. So how many of you waited until after Thanksgiving to bring out your Christmas decorations? Let's see. Show of hands. Oh, finally, some sanctified, holy people. And then all of you who couldn't wait 
and had to bring all your holiday cheer out before Thanksgiving. Come on. Stand and be recognized. The Dufour family is the only honest family in the house. And I know Kelly is over there putting his hand up for Trisha, because I know her all too well. But sometimes we just can't wait to celebrate this season. And there's, there's really no reason why we shouldn't celebrate the goodness of Christmas. It's something that, that honestly we should celebrate year-round and every day. But the reality is that, 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 that the idea of keeping Christ in Christmas is often the central focus. It's, it's often where we kind of start and finish. We've got to keep Christ in Christmas. You know, keeping Jesus as the reason for the season can, can become our sole mission during the Christmas season. Sometimes it's, we've got to keep Christ in Christmas. And I, I, I can remember, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, we loved to to see the signs, keep Christ in Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. That's all. It's all true. But maybe you were like me growing up. We didn't even we didn't even dare write Xmas, right? You can't even write it because that would be quite literally taking Christ out of Christmas. We would we wouldn't we would never put that on a sign. And there's an irritation that exists for for many of us when it comes to keeping Christ in Christmas. Admit it, if you, if you went by a Christmas tree lot and the sign said Xmas trees, you'd just drive around and buy it, didn't you? Come on, I'm not the only one. Oh, they took the Christ out of Christmas. We're going to the next lot. Doggone it. By golly. Now, we watch, we watch companies closely to see, you know, do they say Merry Christmas? Or do they say happy holidays? Because if they say happy holidays, doggone it, go into the next store. And we judge stores by whether the clerks say it this way or that way. They're keeping Jesus as the center focus. And oftentimes the focus of the Christmas season becomes less about Jesus and more about keeping Christ in the Christmas vernacular. We want to keep Christ at the center. But it's more in a name than it is anything else. Truly, the temptation is to include Christ where He conveniently fits into our Christmas holiday season. And as we search for the true meaning of Christmas, the tendency is to focus solely on, on Christmas speech and forget about how we can reflect Jesus during the holidays. Because if we're going to keep Christ in Christmas, He should show up in our lives, yeah? Not just in what we say. You know, as, in, as Christians, we enjoy the nativity scenes. We, we enjoy singing Christmas hymns at church and, and the traditions that, that the seasons bring. We rush around during the season focused on, on many good things. Vacations and finding perfect gifts for people that we love and planning and executing the best parties and making sure, of course, that we have the most perfectly decorated house on the block. I, I'll give you a little tip. You have to get the little light clips, right? So all the lights line up and, 
everything's perfect because nobody wants to see them, you know, dangling off all jacked up. That just, just doesn't look right. Am I the only one who gets annoyed and irritated? Okay, just pray for me. There's nothing wrong with traditions as we celebrate this season. But we shouldn't merely regulate Christ to simply our speech and our holiday announcements or greetings at the local store. We need to take on Jesus and take on His mission every day. What was Jesus' mission? Seeking to save the lost. That's why He came. And the perfect mission of God with us was given when Jesus arrived on earth. God with us. That's what we see Emmanuel. Our text for the next few weeks is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you want to flip there, you can. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can jump on the YouVersion Bible app and join us. But Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin will be with child and he will, he will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Father, we thank You. We thank You that You sent Jesus. That You sent Him to the earth to be God with us. That we would see and understand what it means to live a godly life. We would see what it means to truly love people. And Scott, we ask You today to help us to see Jesus in this season. Not just in the word Christmas, but truly to understand what it means to reflect Christ in our everyday lives. We ask for Your help. We ask that You give us Your strength as we strive to live our lives in a way that points people to You. We thank You. We ask Your blessing on this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the reality remains that there is quite literally a war on Christmas. Not just on the Word, but there's a war on Christmas. Would you agree with that? We see it in just about every situation. Gretchen was getting ready for the holidays and, and uh, she works for our, our, our illustrious school district. And she wanted to actually come alongside of another teacher in celebration of a holiday. She wanted to help provide a party. So she reached out to the administration and said, hey, we, we want to have this party. I want to help this, this teacher out. And, and we're just going to celebrate and have some fun and some refreshments. She got a rather direct letter back that said, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, we're not celebrating Christmas because of equitability. And so you can celebrate any one of the other holidays, but not Christmas. Because we want to be equitable. So apparently the word equitable now means excluding things that you don't like so that people can celebrate stuff they don't even know about. Because last time I checked, just about everybody celebrates Christmas. Whether they believe in the reason for Christmas or not. Everything needs to be equitable. 
There is indeed a war on Christmas. But it's not just in our schools. It's not just in the stores. It's not just in our government trying to wipe out the word and replace it with happy holidays or you know. It's a war in our heart. It's a war in my heart. You know, it's it's the part of me that wants miracles and joy this time of the season and a community. But I want those things without surrender or sacrifice. I want God to show up big in my life. But I don't want to give anything up. It's the war in us that is tempted to buy a bunch of gifts I can't afford so that I can be an awesome gift giver. You know, I can feel good on the day that everybody opens their presents. Instead of keeping my focus on the, the one who gave us the greatest gift imaginable. God with us. Jesus. It's the distractions and the noise of the season that blind and deafen my heart to the needs of others around me. Because I become so focused on the wrong things. It's in me and it's in you. It's in all of us. Because it's not just about a word. It's about the distractions and the things that come in that keep us from truly understanding what God is desiring to do in and through our lives this season. I want to read John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, in the, beginning, the word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came to witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John testifies concerning Him. He cries out saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after Me has surpassed Me because He was before Me. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. Do you understand that Jesus came to make God known on earth? That we would see and understand the person of God that we would see and understand His love. That we would experience and understand what it means to be a Christ follower. 
not just to celebrate Christmas. And it's interesting, in this passage of Scripture, the word made is used repeatedly. And this word made, in the Greek, is translated to the word agenato, which means became, or it happens. It's interesting because we often think of creation, we think of the world as something that was constructed over time. But it wasn't. There wasn't this building process. God spoke, and it happened. God spoke, and it became. And there's this contrast of what we would often believe made really means. This kind of action refers to an event rather than a process. Do you realize that when you asked God to become your personal Savior, when you asked Jesus to become that saving grace in your life, it wasn't a process. Once you didn't believe, and then you made the decision to believe. And you were forgiven like that. All the universe, all the things that we see and touch and feel and smell and experience are part of God's creative mind and His power. Everything that we see. Everything that we experience should represent Christmas. should represent Christ. And apart from God's Word, His living Word, Jesus, we, we have no existence. Because God desired that we would have relationship with Him. You know, the role of Christ over creation truly becomes the focus here because it's not about us. It's not about what we can do or what we can accomplish or how good we can be. But it's about Jesus' work in our lives. It's about His mission to come to the earth as a baby, as a child, to grow into a man, to live a perfect life, to die a shameful death so that we could have life and relationship with God. Colossians 1.16 says, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. God created everything. Created each and every one of us for His glory. So to truly embrace Christmas means we live our lives for His glory. We live our lives to point people to Him. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. Jesus becomes our example. He becomes God with us. He becomes that example of what it means to truly live a life worthy. Yet we have to make the decision. Because God's plan to redeem His created was accomplished the moment the Word, Jesus, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. When Jesus stepped out of 
wherever Jesus was hanging out, and stepped into the world, became flesh, God's purpose was accomplished. The fulfillment of the law. And we choose to embrace that or we choose not to. But embracing Jesus' purpose in coming serves to keep the focus on His mission. If we can truly embrace why Jesus came, then people will understand why we live, the, live our lives the way that we do. When you choose to embrace God's plan and purpose for your life, Jesus' mission to seek and save the lost naturally becomes the priority. If we step into God's purpose for our lives each and every day, then people will see our lives differently. They will look at us and say, why are you living the way that you are? Why are you not running around feverishly chasing the Amazon truck, making sure that you're getting all the packages that you need? No, the priority becomes a life worth living. If we understand Jesus' ultimate purpose, then it should compel us to daily show and share the love of Jesus. If Christmas is truly about Christ, how are you loving people? How are you sharing hope? How are you expressing joy? Because if all we do is walk around and people look at us and go, man, I don't really want to be around that guy. He doesn't seem happy at all. But if God's plan to redeem creation through Jesus becomes our focus, then we'll do things a little bit differently. We'll, we'll approach each day with, with intentionality with an intentional desire to grow spiritually in prayer and in Bible reading. Not just kind of blowing by it and going, well, I didn't really have time this morning. I need my coffee. If I don't have my coffee, it's not going to matter if I read the Word. right? Nobody's going to want to be around me anyway. But it's spending time in prayer, communication, communion with God, spending time in the Word, asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide every moment of every interaction, of every, every decision. Is the Holy Spirit guiding our decision-making process or are we just going for it? It's selflessly putting the needs of others first. When we go to the grocery store, do we see somebody who needs something? We just pass by them? When we approach a meal, do we notice the people who are walking out the doors of our church alone, isolated? Do we invite them into community and relationship? Or do we just look around and try and find those people that we really enjoy? Do we look for opportunities to grow in relationship with God and with others? Are you making eternal investments? Or just temporary ones? that won't last past December 25th. Because your greatest impact on this world begins when you say yes to the plan of God for your life. No matter how messy it may look, Jesus is the perfect picture of this reality. Truly God with us. Jesus came 
Not to be worshipped. Not to be adored. So that He could serve people. So that He could seek and save the lost. We've got to embrace His purpose for our lives. Finally, Jesus' mission to redeem the world is visible in us when we share His love. The only way people will know that you are a follower of Jesus is if you share His love. Because you can say you're a Christian all day long, but do your words, are they backed up by your deeds? Are you doing the things that Jesus did? Because last time I checked, Jesus didn't just teach. He lived it. He spent time with the people that nobody wanted to spend time with. He, he reached out to the, the, the worst of the worst. The people that, that society despised. The people that, that society would call unclean. The people that would say, well, oh, don't hang out with them. They don't talk quite right. and you know, They don't look the part. and well, You don't want to be seen with them out in the community because people might think the wrong thing. Don't go into that place because bad stuff happens in there. Jesus' mission was to redeem the world. So is ours the same? Is our desire to step into that partnership with Jesus to say, I'm going to love people regardless. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, I'm going to love them. I'm going to step into that place of saying, you can spit on me, you can yell at me, but I'm going to love you. You can be a person that doesn't, doesn't look like what we would want in our church, but I'm going to love you and I'm going to invite you into community. Jesus said it was the sick who needed a hospital, not the, not the well, not the healthy. What would it look like if this place was full of people who were spiritually lost? Are we happy just doing cozy church? Are we happy just coming in and going, isn't it great? God's good. Keep Christ in Christmas. Or do we really want to bring people into a place where they can experience a relationship with God? Where they can experience a community that is full of love? Guess what? I can't walk out into all the streets and attract everybody to neighborhood church. I can't save everybody in this community. I'm not that great. I know I got some compliments on my shirt this morning. is every one of us has a part to play in Jesus' mission to seek and save the lost. And it only shows up when we love people. When we share His perfect love. Because the reality is Christmas is not some abstract holiday or idea. Jesus came to earth as a real human with the sole purpose of reconciling us to His Father. His only purpose was to redeem all of us jacked up people who decided to turn our back on God. That was why He showed up. When we choose to share the love of Jesus through our actions, not just our pilgrimage of, of keeping Christ in Christmas, don't put an X in there, 
that when we choose to share the love of Jesus, His perfect and redeeming love will be clearly evident to a world that is in desperate need of a Savior. In the midst of this season that will inevitably be jam-packed by all kinds of busyness, shopping, traditions, and preparations, we can't lose sight of what's important. There's a gal by the name of Kelly Orban. And she said it well in her blog, How to Really Keep Christ in Christmas. She said, Dear friends, let's keep Christ in Christmas. Not by trying to make the corporations of the world scrub themselves up and look holy by our standards, but by intimately worshiping our Savior, teaching our children about the hope that was born in a manger, giving to those in need, and gathering together with a motley bunch of friends and family for a feast of joy and celebration of the King that came for us. That's what Christmas looks like. Reaching outside of ourselves. Moving past all the the craziness to worship God. To tell people what Christmas is really about. And then invite people into relationship and give to those in need around us to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because Jesus showed up on the scene 2,000 years ago not just to be the fulfillment of the law, but to give us a perfect example of what it looks like to love people. Humbly, selflessly, unconditionally. That means we don't get to choose to hate people. We don't get to go, well, I tried hard and they were just a real pain in the rear. So, guess they're out of luck. Jesus' love isn't for them. It's not how it works. While we were still sinners, Christ came and died. Whether we embrace it or not is up to us. The only question is, will we choose to share the gift of God with us with the people that we meet each and every day? Would you stand to your feet this morning as we close? Father, we thank You. We thank You, God, that You are the only God. You are the Almighty God. And you in your providence saw our need of a Savior. Even though we had turned our back on you, even though we were making the decision to live a life in sin and separation, you desired relationship. You desired to restore and redeem your created. Father, we thank you this morning that you sent Jesus to this earth that You sent God with us to rescue us from an eternal separation. And God, we thank You that You are still in the miracle-working business. You are still in the redeeming business. You are still taking broken and making it whole. You are still taking sinners and making them forgiven. You are still 
desiring to be the only answer that we need in life. Too often we struggle to find purpose instead of embracing the fact that our greatest purpose is to follow You and to point people to You. Father, that we would be about Your Son's business. That we would be about Jesus' mission on earth to seek and to save those who are struggling and dying without You. God, we don't want to miss it this year. We don't want to miss the real reason for the season. Not just to keep Christ and the word Christmas. Make sure we buy our Christmas trees from the right lot. But God, that we would keep the heart of Christ in Christmas. That we would keep the example of what it means to love people in Christmas. And not just in December, Father, but every day that we would love people the way that You loved us. Without reservation. Without condition. Without exception. And our love would not just be something that we say, but it would every day be something that we do. Holy Spirit, Show us. Help us, Father. We need the strength. We need the courage. We need the wisdom. We need the direction. God, I'm one. I need You to help me to love people the way that You've called me to. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. You know, perhaps this morning you are in that place where you're saying, you know what? Yeah, my whole quest has been keeping the name Christ and the word Christmas. And I've forgotten what it means to truly, truly live a life that points people to Him. I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. Every one of us has forgotten. Every one of us at one time or another has prioritized something else. God's desire is that we would step into that relationship and allow Him to lead and guide us. God, help us this morning, we ask. We thank You that we don't have to do this alone. But by the power of Your Holy Spirit, you will guide and direct our steps to truly, truly, truly make an impact for your glory and your glory alone. Thank you, God. This morning, if you find yourself in a place where you've not stepped into that relationship with Jesus, you've not said yes to God with us, and you're still in need of a Savior. Our desire would be to allow you to have that opportunity to say yes to God, to to allow Jesus to be your answer, to follow Him with your whole heart. 
So this morning, we want to say a prayer. And the Bible says when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. It's the gift of salvation that doesn't make sense. While we were still sinners, Christ came and died and allowed us to be redeemed. Allowed us to have the gift of salvation. So this morning, if that's your desire, we don't need a show of hands. We don't need you to run out into the aisle. I simply ask you to say this prayer with us. And we say this prayer as a family because we know each and every one of us have had that need of a Savior. And we don't want to single you out or embarrass anybody, so we want to say this prayer together. But you have to confess it. And you have to believe it. Can we say this prayer together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son, Jesus Christ, came into the earth to show me how to live. And He died and was raised back to life so I could have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, this morning we have a choice. It's not even December yet. I know you're like, why are you harping on us? It's not even December yet. You're beating us over the head with Christmas. Why does it have to be December for us to proclaim the name of Jesus? Why does it have to be the Christmas season for us to keep Christ the center everything we say and do challenge this week is to say god i want my life to reflect you i want jesus to be evident in the things that i say and that i do at home at work in the marketplace wherever i go whatever i do that it wouldn't just be the things that i say that people would see the presence of god at work in my life speaking to myself the same way I'm speaking to you. We have a decision to make starting now to say, yes, God, I'm stepping into that now. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting until the Christmas Eve service when we sing all of our hymns. I'm going to do it today. I'm excited for what God has in store for us as we come into December and as we celebrate God's plan and purpose for each and every one of our lives. But let's not wait. So as we go out of this place, I hope you're encouraged. I know this was a little bit heavy for the start of Christmas, but just understand God's purpose for our lives is not for us to sit on the sidelines. It's to get in the game. It's to proclaim Him. So as we go out of this place, let's make sure that we make the decision to live our lives intentionally. As we step into our purpose, we step into God's plan. We point people to Him. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. We look forward to having some time 
next week doing some gingerbreads. Make sure you get yourself signed up and start your smack talk online. But uh, have a wonderful week. Let's go out and be the neighborhood. God bless you.